Hi, this is Richard Swart with Information Security Media Group, publishers of BankInfoSecurity.com and CUInfoSecurity.com. Today we'll be speaking with Mark Bernard, who is a Security and Privacy Officer for the Credit Union of Central British Columbia. He has extensive experience in the information security and audit industry, and today we'll be discussing a number of issues, including ISO 27001. Well, Mark, I was wondering if you could start by telling our listeners about the state of information security there in British Columbia and about any unique challenges that you might face. Well, here in uh, British Columbia, we have uh, some very unique challenges. Um, one of the last provinces in Canada to actually still have legislation in place that uh, enforces um, credit unions to actually work with Credit Union Central. Um, we also have a number of changes within the regulatory and legislative uh, system, such as the Securities Act. Uh, there's also industry standards that most people are being affected uh, with, such as the payment card industry standard. Uh, um so the complexity has increased dramatically, and of course, uh, requirements uh, to comply with uh, the regulations has also uh, increased the demand, certain time constraints on when that compliance happens uh, and occurs. And then, of course, um, our partners who are also faced with a lot of the same regulations as us are looking for new, higher levels of assurance that the information that we're handling is protected, it's secure, it's available, and the integrity is of the highest. So we have a lot of uh, uh, growing concerns uh, that uh, that are becoming more complex to manage. One thing I noticed when going over your experience is that you have quite a bit of experience implementing security practices without significantly modifying existing business practices in the organizations you've worked with. What approach have you taken that's enabled you to pull this off? Well, uh, one of the one of the uh, key things is uh, really to come in and take a look at the the landscape of the organization, not try and uh, make any uh, dramatic uh, changes immediately. Uh, most organizations are actually doing a lot of good things, and uh, so the the really the key is to identify what it is that they're doing well and then leverage off that. Um, you know, ensuring that you know the investment that the organization has already made in policies, practices, and standards, along with education and awareness, are protected and uh, somehow integrated into the the new uh, sort of central stream of uh, doing things. What about controlling costs, Mark? Isn't it true that cost information security is going through the ceiling? I mean, how do you manage to control costs while still re-engineering or re-implementing? I'll start that question over again. What about controlling costs, Mark? Isn't it true that the cost information security are going through the roof? Yes, as uh, as we uh, as you mentioned uh, earlier, um, a lot of the uh, the complexity around information security in the banking system has dramatically increased because of the standards and regulations changing. Um, so, of course, that is having an immediate uh, impact on uh, the operational cost. There's a lot of unplanned expenses now. Uh, through hiring external consultants, um, through changing the way processes uh, function, uh, education awareness. Uh, costs are, are going up. Uh, in some cases, I've seen three and four times the uh, typical yearly annual plan costs, uh, which is uh, quite high, actually. Do you have any best strategies for managing those costs without having three- and four-fold increases? Well, the really the best plan is to uh, to improve how we manage the existing uh, compliance process. And one of the things that we've done is we've uh, t- 
turned have agreed uh, to support and sponsor our approach uh, with the ISO 27000 standard. Uh, it's a proven standard. It's been around. It's been developed uh, by initially by the British government and then adopted by the International Standards Organization. So implementing a framework that uh, is well known is uh, is key. Now you're going to be with the first or second bank in North America to achieve this certification. Can you talk about what's involved or the process of becoming certified under that standard? Well, I, I think the the important part is to uh, have a good strategy in mind, uh, have uh, have the support of the executive. Um, need to keep the scope narrow. It needs to be practical. The approach needs to be practical. Uh, coming in with a, a canned approach that perhaps uh, you know uh, has been used at other businesses may not always apply in in each business. Even though uh, you know uh, the banking industry, there's uh, many many banks. A lot of them do uh, have different business models and uh, different management teams, and they manage things differently. So keeping all these sorts of uh, factors in mind as you prepare the scope. Um, initially, we were looking at certification for the organization, uh, and then we narrowed that focus down to our online banking system. And that online banking system is really what's key. As you know, um, one of the major drivers behind all the compliance concerns uh, is consumer uh, confidence. Um, so we felt that the best uh, effort that we could put forward uh, to provide that assurance would be implementing a, a well-known practice, a well-known standard like ISO um, for the online banking system. So we uh, we narrowed the scope down to our online banking system. Now, the way that the ISO framework works is that any uh, systems that are integrated with that online banking system also have to become part of the scope. So, in fact... Uh, we're talking about physical security, environmental security. We're talking about human resources. We're talking about the IT infrastructure that's that's around it, and then uh, and then it, the scope starts to get even narrower. And we talk about the group that supports the online banking system, uh, Member Direct, and uh, and then we talk about the other business units that also support them. So we have online bill payments as a separate group, and we also have. Uh, yet another group, uh, the accounting uh, folks, who make sure that uh, you know the general ledgers are kept up to date and all the accounting aspect of it. Well, speaking of accounting, a lot of executives are quite concerned that achieving ISO compliance, or excuse me, ISO certification, will significantly increase their costs and lead to the adoption of significantly more controls. Is that perception accurate? Actually, uh, it's not. Um, ISO is a is a big thing to take on, and uh, there has been a lot of reluctance. As you know, uh, we're going to be uh, likely the first online banking system uh, in North America, perhaps even the globe, um, to become ISO certified. And I think the reluctance is because uh, they just haven't found the right person or the right group who can deliver that package in a way that they can accept. Um, in fact, the ISO framework, once it's properly implemented, will actually help reduce controls which is uh, usually a big selling point with senior managers. As we have external consultants and auditors coming in telling us to implement more and more control, uh, the concern is that we have layers and layers. All of a sudden, productivity slows down within the organization. We have to hire new people to manage the controls because there are so many of them. And ISO is not about that at all. There's 133 controls within ISO, and uh, they can be uh, basically applied in a number of different ways. But bottom line is there's only 133, and if you manage those properly, 
then there shouldn't be any need to implement layers upon layers of additional control. That's good information, and all of our listeners are probably surprised to hear that. Well, let's shift our focus for a second on the risk management. You've got extensive experience, both as a consultant and as a chief security officer. Is there a particular lesson you've learned about implementing cost-effective risk management that you could share with our listeners? Well, uh, yeah, I think the biggest lesson is, you know, you need good support from the executives and from the board of directors and even the audit committee. Uh, it can go as high as that. If you have that support and they're open to you bringing a, a, a strategy to the table and that strategy is a practical approach, um, then they'll likely accept it because it will mean some changes. And in some cases, the culture will shift of the organization somewhat uh, because we're talking about implementing a quality management system as opposed to having a, a very disjointed kind of approach in some cases where you have silos operating within the same business, uh, having, uh, you know, uh, redundant processes and redundant positions. So it is a, a bit of a shift. Uh, it's a positive one, and it will help control costs. Probably the biggest challenge uh, that I've found is through the risk management process, uh, we have uh, basically three steps. Uh, first, we do an inventory of all the information uh, assets, and then we classify those assets based on some sort of a classification schema. And part of that we uh, process, we also do a sensitivity analysis to determine, you know, based on uh, confidentiality, integrity, and availability, um, what, what are the highs, lows, and mediums, and what are the likely impacts of that. And then we try to assign some sort of a dollar figure. Now, that dollar figure is uh, quite a bone of contention, actually, within most organizations. Because, unfortunately, when you take an information asset that hasn't normally been uh, valued within an organization, and then you turn it into something that has a price tag on it, the concern is that, of course, it becomes a tangible asset, which could actually be part of the organization's uh, um, um, overall assets and might even impact the books. But the, the approach that we've taken is, you know, assets are typically uh, evaluated for two purposes. One is, yes, for financial gain, absolutely, to go on the books. But the other one is for performance management. So it's very important when designing that strategy to stick to the performance management part of it, where we want to, you know, assess how the organization manages and handles information as opposed to what the real value is. But putting a value on it is key because when we go to do the return on investment and try and assess the, the amount of money that the executives have spent on the controls that they've implemented within the organization, we need some benchmark to measure against. So applying that value uh, is important. That's great information. I've noticed, Mark, that many of your answers seem to be focused more on the business side of information security, not necessarily the technical. And I know that's becoming an increasing trend. What are some essential business skills that a banking or a credit union chief security officer needs to have or needs to master these days? Well, I, I think it's it's all about the business for sure. And uh, when you get immersed in the ISO process, you'll soon realize that because right at the very top of the list is, you know, you have to define what, what are in our agreements with our partners and our clients. And those have to somehow filter into the process uh, when we establish controls. I would say that it's very important uh, to have a good uh, footing in the business side of the operations. Uh, it wouldn't hurt to be able to, you know, develop uh, uh, business cases, uh, also to be able to 
do strategic and tactical planning and do annual budgeting. Those sorts of things will uh, expand your appreciation for the operation and the sort of constraints and the fiscal responsibilities that they have to operate within. And uh, once once you start to see that as a, as a security officer, you start to realize that, you know, I can provide, this process can provide value to the organization, but there are some limits. So we have to focus on the things that really need to be done. So if if our goal is one of our strategic goals is to increase online uh, presence to get more online accounts, then we need to focus on the things that we can do around information security to enhance that or improve that. Well, Mark, that's great information. Thank you for sharing with our listeners today. I know that we're going to appreciate learning about the ISO process and your experience there in British Columbia. Thank you. Thank you very much and uh, for the opportunity to participate. Well, thank you for listening to another podcast with the Information Security Media Group. To listen to a selection of other podcasts or to find other educational content regarding information security for the banking and finance community, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com or www.coinfosecurity.com.